Hello, uh, nope. Welcome to Journey Under 30, a roadmap drawn in discovery. I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. This is our podcast all about us doing what we can to be named in future Forbes 30 Under 30. Colin Parker. Alex Taylor. How are you? Uh, I'm definitely doing a lot better than I have been. Um, my voice is almost back to normal. Yeah. Um, of course, now we're hitting allergy season, so that also is kind of messing with it. So it's like yeah. kind of hard to tell. But I definitely know that I'm no longer sick. And so it feels nice to like actually record two episodes uh, or like two weeks in a row, basically. Yeah. Um, or so two episodes in a row. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's pretty good. That yeah, feels nice. Um, how about you, man? How are things going for you? Things are going well. So recently I've been getting into getting more into programming. Um, I'm all about kind of exploring, well, expanding my boundaries, pushing my limits and and other buzzwords. And there's been this thing I've been getting into recently called processing. Uh, so it's a programming language that's based in Java that's used for arts, visual design and other really cool things. And actually that relates to what we're talking about today. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. So remember before when we would do like elevator pitches for the person we wanted to talk about and I dropped my soda in the elevator and then I just- Oh, yeah. Yay, all that fun stuff. Yeah, and John Hamm was being very judgmental about it. He's being a real asshole about it too. So um, I'm going to try- I'm going to try that nomination again, see if I won't spill the soda and we will see how this goes. Okay. All right. So my nomination for this episode is a Baltimore-born teacher, programmer, and proponent of open source learning. He's a member of the Processing Foundation, a group that is developing processing and open, a visual open source programming language based in Java catered to non-programmers. He has also released books on programming, ranging from learning processing to replicating natural processes in code. He also has many video series online, including a contribution to the Hour of Code, an effort in 2013 to get more kids into programming. My nomination for today's episode is Daniel Schiffman. So about Mr. Daniel Schiffman, he uh, he received a his BA in mathematics and philosophy from Yale and a master's from the Interactive Telecommunications Program at NYU. He also currently works there as an associate professor at the School for the Arts, teaching a variety of courses. Wait, sorry, at which at which one? At NYU or at Yale? At NYU. Okay. Just, yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, and he so that's the NYU's Tisch School for the Arts. Uh, that's mm. T I S C H, and he's teaching a bunch of courses including creative JavaScript, programming from A to Z, procedural painting, introduction to computer impute introduction to computational media so it's all like programming related but it's not all just like strictly well it's it's expanded to the arts right so it's like right. more applications right but before we talk more about mr schiffman let's talk about processing so okay. as i mentioned before processing is a programming language based in java uh catered to non-programmers and it's used by visual designers artists and architects so it began in the spring of, of 2001 by Ben Fry and Casey Reyes and was developed as kind of a first programming language. So people can get their feet wet with it. Um, it's also open source, making it a valid alternative to tools with restrictive expensive licenses, which is really nice. Um, and it also has a really strong community. There are a ton of uh, community made libraries or like external code 
that can be used for data visualization, programming electronics like Raspberry Pi, and a bunch of other things. And actually, a side note, so I've been getting into this because I've been getting interested in visualizing sound. Um, actually, a good example of this that you might want to check out is the ImproVisual, uh, I guess, Instagram feed or page on Instagram. So it's this uh, person who will have like a split screen. So one side will be them like improvising with different like equipment. Mm -hmm. and the other side will be that like being live visualized. So like say one is they're playing on like a snare drum and each hit is visualized. And then they have a synthesizer going and each hit from that is also being visualized. Mm -hmm. And you've done some stuff like this yourself, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, so a lot. So. In a way, so what I've been messing with before has been like visual synthesis, so like generating patterns using waveforms and things like that. Mm -hmm. But this would be more like, okay, so if you if you get, well, it'd be like finding ways to measure different parts of a sound and then having preset ways of rendering that. But then every time like the sound changes or that you get data from that sound, then that is reflected through how it's visualized. Mm, okay. Yeah. So actually some other examples of processing. So the New York Times used it to visualize how news stories travel through social media. Huh. Uh, the NSF and the NOAA uh, used processing to create a dynamic ecology simulation using data gathered from a study on phytoplankton and zooplankton diversity. And it was also used uh, to create the House of Cards music video by Radiohead. So I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like it's very digital looking. And Tom York's face is all like digital and ghostly and wireframey and stuff. I actually found an article describing how it was made from a, a collection called Beautiful Data. So lasers were actually used to, to capture 3D data points. Uh -huh. So one was used on Tom York. Another was used from like a moving vehicle to capture like landscapes. And another was used from like a to capture like a party scene. And then okay. those data points were then processed. And I forget what program it was. But then those renders were then uh, manipulated in processing to make the music video that you see. So if you watch the video for House of Cards by Radiohead, then you'll see that. I have not seen that, but I will definitely go check that out. Yeah. And processing is also used to teach programming schools. Given that it uh, is basically catered towards non-programmers, it's great uh, to teach people who have no experience coding because it has that visual output to it. Um, it's often used in art schools and visual arts programs at universities, but also used in high schools, computer science programs, and humanities curriculum. Um, one thing I'd actually mentioned was the Hour of Code. Uh, this was the effort launched by the Computer Science Education Week, which was to, quote, give millions of students the opportunity to explore coding as a way of thinking and making. And so, and one thing that I think we've actually talked about is how with the current school curriculums, how they can be very restricting, even if you're in like a very, even within your major, or even like going back to high school, like you don't get a lot of opportunities to explore outside of your, your current track. Well, maybe that's more for college than high school, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually I found uh, this thing, the hello processing, but the hello I found this thing. It's called Hello Processing that actually got me jump started with this. So, um, any I know I've been kind of going on a diatribe. Any questions? Um, no, I mean a lot of this technology is stuff that's like kind of over my head a little bit. Yeah. But I am so far, I think, knock on wood, following. <laughs> cool. So, um, the 
so I talked about the hour of code. So um, the kind of the processing part of this hello, the hour of code thing was hello processing. So this was actually developed by Daniel Schiffman and is basically an interactive way to introduce students to coding and processing. So examples include drawing shapes, colors, uh, creating interactivity with the mouse and keyboard. Um, he, uh, Daniel also created videos to introduce these concepts. And there's also a gallery with what students made. So if you look up um, Hello Processing, then you'll find that. You'll find the individual videos and like code blocks at the bottom, and then that'll basically print out what you like what you code into it. And then there's a gallery, like an interactive gallery with it, what other students have made before. It's really cool stuff. Huh. Yeah. So processing is a part of this larger thing called the Processing Foundation. Their goal is to empower everyone from artists, coders, teachers, students, and everybody at, uh, to, well, yes, yeah, so let, let me start that over. Okay. So above processing, there is the Processing Foundation. They're the group that supports the development of processing, and their goal is to empower everyone from artists, coders, teachers, students, to everybody. And they also want to ensure that this open access continues. And Daniel Schiffman is actually the director of this group. So other developments related to this include p5.js, which is still in early development. Um, it is the JavaScript library that is based around the original goal of processing, but it's used, but can be applied to um, browsers and web pages. And then there's processing.py, which is the Python mode of processing, which is currently in development. So yeah, that's basically processing the processing foundation. Um, do you want to maybe take a quick ad break, or do you want me to keep going into Mr. Schiffman? Um, yeah, we can we can take a real quick break before we do the deep dive. All right, let's go into that transition music. All right, so explore the creative temperament with positive and negative. Join Tristan Miller as he leads a discussion about mental health and its influence on the arts. He speaks to comedians, musicians, neuroscientists, writers, and actors to better understand the process and the motivation behind their work. Positive and Negative comes out every other Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, Potable, and most podcatchers. Every voice should be heard. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and speaking of voices that need to be heard, let's talk about one that is here on the network. Morgan Spatola. Um, we're going to play a ad for you in just a second here for her brand new show. But Morgan, um, for a little while now, I mean, she's been on Myth Takes, but she hasn't had a like main podcast for her. And uh, when we went to PodCon, she was like, man, I really just, I really miss not having one. I've got to find my next one. And that's what Morgan Needs a Podcast is all about. So why don't we hear from her specifically exactly what this show is all about? Yeah, she's right here in the room. Hi, I'm Morgan Spatola, the host of Morgan Needs a Podcast, which is a podcast about cats. Uh, okay, Morgan, great delivery. Love the energy, but that's just, that's just not true. Can you take that line again, please? <clears throat> okay, um, I'm the host of Morgan Needs a Podcast, a podcast about the evolutionary advantages of gizzards. Morgan, what? Okay, okay, it's a podcast about 
uh, bosons and other elementary particles. A podcast about strange colored milk. It's about doing crimes for people you like. Beer. It's about beer. Cactus safety. How to properly retrieve a dropped burrito from a sewer drain. It's about, uh... All right, Morgan, we're three hours into this ad recording, and I'm starting to think that you don't actually have a podcast. I don't. That's the whole point. I'm trying to find one, and I want people to join me every month so we can figure this whole thing out together. That's why it's called Morgan Needs a Podcast. Part of the Scavengers Network, and available wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get back to Mr. Schiffman. Okay. So... As I'd mentioned, uh, Mr. Schiffman is the author of a book called Learning Processing. Uh, This is a beginner's guide to processing images, animation, and interaction. And he also has a book called The Nature of Code, uh, which is an open source book about simulating natural phenomena and processing. So what's cool is that both of these are available available in print form. Uh, The Nature of Code is actually available for a free download because I was kickstarted and he's like, I want to give it out for free. Um, But they're also available in video form on his YouTube channel. So, but a little bit more about both of these books. So with the nature of code, so this is quote from his website. This book focuses on a range of programming strategies and techniques behind computer structure, simulations, and natural systems. Um, Subjects covered include forces, trigonometry, fractals, cellular automata, self-organization, genetic algorithms, basically a lot of cool stuff. And then applying it to processing and then how can you use this for arty stuff? Um, And then with learning processing. um, So this is, this you have to buy uh, due to licensing issues, Mr. Schiffman was not able to put it out for free, but it's basically working out how do you use processing? What is it? What are the kind of things you can make with it? Um, he also has a Patreon, Patreon and a website. I also mentioned that he is an educational video series. So what's cool is that he has over 200 videos on just learning processing, Java, JavaScript, and other things. So his video courses include um, obviously the processing processing tutorials and nature of code. Uh, he also does live streams and coding challenges, and he also has stuff on like neural networks, machine learning, a lot of cool stuff. So um, I've kind of thrown a lot of information about why this, what, what the processing is, why it's so cool, the processing foundation, what they do. Um, the big question though is why does Daniel Schiffman use processing? So in his words, it's given him a mission and a passion to bring computation to everyone, artists, designers, musicians, biologists, doctors, dancers, animators, bankers, photographers, librarians, etc. Just to name a few. Writing code can be scary, something many mistake is reserved for computer scientists and engineers. Processing has helped eliminate that fear, making programming accessible to a wider audience, particularly artists. So I'm a big fan of anyone who makes learning available to anyone. Regardless of anyone's occupation, age, identity, or whatever, nobody's education should ever be restricted. I appreciate Mr. Schiffman's work because he makes programming approachable for anybody, whether they've coded before or they're just starting out. When I was in kind of my hell, hellish sort of a uh, couple of years, it provided an outlet for me because when I felt that the things that won't. Well, I think when I, one thing I talked about before was when I was going through burnout and I just I, I couldn't practice. I couldn't do the thing that I put so much time into just because I was so burnt out. This gave me an alternative to that. Um, and I actually highly suggest that anyone listening check out his works uh, as well as processing and the processing foundation. So and I guess tying this all back to our uh, initial uh, bit about the Forbes, um, if possible, I'd want to nominate the whole processing foundation, but I can only pick one person. So we went with 
Mr. Schiffman. And, and is he still under the age of 30? Uh, no, actually, for I, th- he, I think he's actually above 30. Let me, let me just double check that, Daniel. Okay, okay so I, I just wanted to make sure because I realized I forgot to ask at the beginning, was this someone that we think should be or someone that we think that they passed over? Well, he's actually 45, so. Oh, man. Yeah, he can't even get 40 under 40, so Forbes really missed out on this guy. Well, I mean, okay, so the good news is, in a way, right, is that he was, like, under the age of 30 uh, before the Forbes 30 under 30 list became a thing. Yeah. So, at the very least, it is a possibility that um, if this had been around longer, he could have been named in his field. Um, so I think that that's a good, a good idea, basically, not a good idea, but like a good, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, basically we've talked about this before, right? Like there are people that we have talked about that are older now who, if it had been around at that time, hands down would have gotten it. And I think that based on all of this, because they do enjoy education and they enjoy technology, um, and, uh, and new software, everything. I mean, like all three of those things are big on those Forbes 330 lists. So I think he definitely would have would have made the cut. Definitely. Well, and it's I don't want to pull like it in this day and age kind of thing, because that's very kind of generally speaking and probably wrong. But as the tools that we've that we need are getting more restrictive, more expensive, it's nice to find tools that you don't need to drop a grand into or you need to pay regularly into um and, and it's also nice to have free resources and people who are passionate about this kind of thing help other people become passionate about it so i know i agree yeah yeah and actually um for uh people who actually want to find more about him um he goes by the moniker coding train uh so his patreon is slash coding train his youtube is actually slash shiftman um s-h-i-f-f-m-a-n uh what else and his website is shiftman.net. So yeah, that's Daniel Shiftman. Forbes, you really missed out on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Forbes. Yeah, come on, Forbes. But also, hey, what's up? We still want to yeah, make yeah, yeah. So, you know, please, hi, please. Up? We're, we're, we're trying to we're trying to get on get on the on the list. Listeners, this is kind of a big kind of block of text about this guy that I think is really cool. What what did you learn from this? Was there anything that you picked out? Anything interesting? What do you think about processing? What about the processing foundation? Um, do you have any really cool ideas for being able to move a mouse around a screen and then change a shape, size, and all that fun stuff? So um, if you have any thoughts, questions, qualms, concerns, anything like that, tweet at us. Send us an email. It, I can do smoke signals, carrier pigeons, you know, whatever. Um, so Colin, uh, just to save me from this terrible transition, what are you going to work on this week? Oh man, I've got quite a few things to work on this week. Um, I will say I probably won't get much done in this particular week because yeah. coming up this next weekend is Awesome Con. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, so that is coming up very, very soon. Um, and so I will be out of town for that weekend. Basically, like, uh, well, actually, I mean, if you really think about it, most of this week is going to be eaten up by. Awesome Con and Myth Takes. Um, but uh, we just recently had a meeting mm-hmm. um, with some Scavengers Network folks to discuss little things that we need to be working on and things that need to get done. Um, so I am working on getting one of our new projects up and running. 
um, which is a, I feel comfortable talking about it here and now. Yeah. We're talking about doing a show called the Sca- sorry, Scavengers Hunt, um, where it is essentially an opportunity for a rotating cast of random members of the Scavengers Network to come together and everybody has a chance to host and do whatever they want with their co-hosts, whether it's rapid fire questions, whether it's a quiz, whether it's just bringing in one topic and saying, have we all seen this movie? Okay, perfect. We need to talk about it. And here's why, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever they want. The idea is to have us get to know each other even better. And also for the listeners to get to know us better. Yeah. Um, and also, if you want questions answered by people on air, you can also send them to us and they will make it into uh, the show. Yeah. Um, and so I'm working on getting that started. Mason and I um, did sort of like a little mini test run just to sort of see how brief we could make it and just, you know, just trying to get like a handle on what it would take to get the show off the ground. Yeah. I think I think we've got um, a pretty good handle on it actually already with just sort of doing one little test round. Um, so I'm not exactly sure when that will air. I, we might be waiting until we have like a whole bunch of them ready to go. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that will be something done in seasons or if it will be like weekly or even biweekly, who knows? Um, but I can tell you that it is coming out pretty soon. Nice. I would imagine by the beginning of summer, you will, you will start to see episodes of that show air. All right. Um, and, uh, what about you? What are you going to be working on? Well, going back to the super secret meeting, we had a few things that we had talked about. Um, I have a few things, a few music things that I'm going to be working on. I actually um, am work, potentially working with Mason on something in the future, which is going to be really cool. Um, and then I just have some of my, actually, actually, there are some processing sketches that I'm actually working on right now. And I'm, I'm actually working through a lot of the coding train tutorials. So with his, um, with Daniel Schiffman's uh, intro to processing course, uh, there, I think there are like eleven playlists of courses, and I'm up to the tenth of that, which mm-hmm. is which is which is like how do you load an image into processing? How do you load those pixels into the window? And then once you load those pixels in, how can you process those pixels to process an image? So nice. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. And yeah, that's basically it. Uh, and actually, I think that's a pretty good spot to leave it. What do you think? Uh, I think so too. Yeah, I think that I think that's a pretty good idea there. Please be sure to check out our other shows here on the Scavengers Network, such as Myth Takes, the Rotating Cast. It is a live action RPG. Well, not RPG. Well, I guess it is an RPG because it's a role playing game. All that fun mm-hmm. stuff. Or if you're looking for more podcasts, try out our other great shows on the network, like I Don't Know Radio. So you can find our video series, which will be coming back pretty shortly, and others on our YouTube. Or you can find our podcast wherever you choose to listen to your podcast. I did just recently update our website. um, Only, uh, I I don't know what I did to state your case. I somehow broke that link. Uh Um, So give that a couple of days to get fixed as well. Um, But Apotolesma is not yet up. Apotolesma just had its first episode. So now that we actually have stuff up and running, I'll make that link work. Um, but in the meantime, you can find every other podcast through our, our website as well. Good stuff. Um, and um, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Colin, C-O-L-I-N-M, Parker, P-A-R-K-E-R. You can find me on Twitter at French A-T Music, Twitch at French Alexander, and you can find both of us at Scavengers Net, exclamation point. Yes. <clears throat> 
Okay, so this episode is dropping on the 23rd of April, which means that the next episode is coming to you hot and fresh on May 7th. So we will see you then. See you then. Thank you for joining us here on Journey Under 30. I'm Alex Taylor. And I'm Colin Parker. And we'll see you, Finger Guns, on the Forbes listing.